Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here comes Dave Baker with the show. Talking about paper publications you should know. Authors and photographers that are fresh on the scene. Don't be getting twisted. Twisted. It's pronounced zing. Zing, zing, zing. 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 Yeah, so we usually start... Um, just basic stuff. We're mm-hmm. usually going to talk about you a little bit. Okay. Um, then creativity stuff, and mm-hmm. then talk specifically about what you make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we're going to be joined by our my friend Erwin here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so, back. Yeah. So maybe if you guys both want to introduce yourselves, uh, because I feel like people probably know who I am. Yes, I, I'm, I'm Michael Levine, the author of and here representing All the Feelings. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got my back. I got theirs. It's all right. That yeah. is that is so uh, so concise, and I love it. That's great. All right, I got a new Twitter bio. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is Erwin Papa. I'm an illustrator and sculptor. Uh, who was the guest of our previous episode? Who's hanging out while I talk to Mike? Yeah, yeah. some awesome uh, like Simpsons Jetsons crossover. Yeah, yeah. Flintstones, oh. Flintstones Jetsons. Yeah, Jetsons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say this. Aliens Predator. Yeah, yeah. Just it's throw them fine. On there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Archie Predator, right. which was actually a thing. Yeah. Um, and Punisher. And Punisher too. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking so stupid. Uh, yeah, Mike. Okay, so I know you. How do I know you? I know you through Meltdown. Yeah, popping up at all the Devastator and the cons and stuff, which yeah. I have, like just started doing in moving out here like two years ago. Oh, really? You, yeah. I've, how, where did you move from? Uh, I moved from Chicago where I was uh, being an Onion contributor and a uh, running a recess and after school program. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, how, how long have you done Onion stuff? I've done Onion stuff for about like three years and just as an outside contributor of like headlines and feature jokes. Cool. Yeah. Um, was it a positive experience or do you still do it? Oh, I'd still do it and I love it. Fuck yeah. yeah. I just send in stuff every day and it's an absolute thrill to see something because I don't get directly credited for it, but I also know it just sort of beat out all the jokes that happened. It's it's like constantly exciting for me to get just the one features update in the morning or occasionally I'll get a headline through, which Mm. is fabulous. And you don't, you don't get credit for that? I I don't get credited as the writer of the headline or anything, no, because it's just The Onion. Oh, copy that. Yeah, which I like. It sort of gives it more, like, anonymous power. Yeah, I guess that's good, too, because some of those Onion headlines are fucking super biting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I I want them to appeal in a general way if it's something evergreen. Like, anyone should be able to relate to it. I don't need it to come back to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did you go to school for writing? Um, I went to Sarah Lawrence, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Sarah Lawrence is. Sarah Lawrence is uh, home to like Yoko Ono and J.J. Abrams. It's a tiny liberal arts school that used to be uh, used to be an all women's school, which is the first thing anyone asked you. But I had a nice, uh, very isolated, very creative time there. <laughs> college, college, right? Like I, I walked out knowing I wanted to do comedy and write things, and so yeah, there yeah. you go, you so got I, it. So I done did it. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. That was that's pretty similar to my college experience. Very isolating, lonely, and I uh, just sat in my room and made stuff. Right. Yeah, and you don't want to blame the place, but you yeah. don't want to totally blame yourself. So you share it. Yeah, you share it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we equally 
halvesies fucked this. Right. And that's that's why there's four people in this room to share the blame for whatever is like well, about yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. One of us is going to say some racial epithet and then the other three of us will point to Aristotle. Yeah, but which person, which race, like that's what the bingo wheel is coming up for. Yeah, great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so you went to school at Sarah Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you originally from Chicago? Uh, no, I'm from Oakland, California. Oh, okay. So yeah. you went out there. Yeah. Okay. And then and then to Chicago right after college and never really thought I'd end up in Southern California because I had the, like, Bay Area. Oh, shit. Thing. I know, I know. Oh, shit. No, I don't give but, a fuck. I'm not from here, but. Right. Like, that I would enjoy it here and much less that it would work for me here has been, like, a constant surprise. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a ball out here. Word. Yeah. What area of town do you live in? Uh, I live in Glassell Park. I don't know where the fuck that yeah, is. Yeah, like, this is, no one has heard of it. Oh, like, does Aristotle, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what's up. Yeah. 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 We're, we're country neighbors. I don't know. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, like, I was like, kissing cousins, cousin neighbor, like, I, a lot of words. Country neighbors. It's I just, fine. It's I grabbed a, a few and I went with it. I'm proud of myself. Word. Okay, so, uh, mm-hmm. when you, did you know the Devastator Kids, uh... Or maybe we should explain what Devastator is. Yeah, the Devastator uh, was a comedy, like a quarterly themed comedy magazine uh, that became a full publishing force to rain down parody books on us, uh, like Blessed Mana. <laughs> is that? Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> There's Genesis. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Not um, the biblical term mana, not the Magic the Gathering term mana. No, no, like no points, yeah. No, no. Yeah, you don't um, you don't tap this mana, you just eat it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just consume it and get the, the good parody contents. Um I actually saw a devastator issue with uh, Michael Kupperman on the cover, uh, and then I saw that they had onion writers in there and it was my first time being like, I'm already qualified to do this. Oh, so I sent did. them like some pitches for their apocalypse issue, one of which was Oh, the Flesh You Will Eat, which turned into my first book because uh, they made a full like adaptation of it. We added uh, Green Eczema and If I Ran the Quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, yeah, they, they pitched me my first book is how magical these people are. Uh, yeah. yeah so, so let's, let's talk about your first book then. Absolutely. It is called Oh, the Flesh You Will Eat. Yes. And it is a spoof book. The spoofiest, yeah. The spoofiest of spoof by, books. By Dr. Virus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've yet to get my f- full name on the cover of my book. Uh, I'm also a weird character on my second book. Yeah, it's okay. Um, were you a big uh, Dr. Seuss person? Oh, absolutely, yeah, because I, I do a lot of work with kids, and I would read it. It's always the most fun to read. It's always the best cadence. And with Oh, the Places You'll Go, I pretty much cry every time I read it um, mm-hmm. because it's sort of the only book that tells you things are going to be hard and bad and you'll wait in line and stuff like that and it's so it's so honest it just sort of gets me every time uh so it's like a very silly looking book with viruses and there's a a dying child on the cover (laughs) 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 but it's like it means so much to me uh and it came out of a period where i was just getting like a bunch of surgeries uh like right up my ass uh, and so, like, I I got through that, and I'm I'm over that. It was like a Crohn's disease thing, but um, like scary doctors and like not not wanting to get like vaccinated and things like that started making sense to me in a weird way because mm-hmm. my like I wasn't going in for very dangerous surgeries, but your life is a surgery on the line. Surgery yeah. in general is fucking scary, though. Yeah, like they knock you out and they wheel you into a room. Like that, like that became very real to me. Uh, and I'm from a medical family. So, like, that was always an abstract okay thing. I was like, yeah, I might get a surgery sometime. It would be no big deal. And then, and then when you and it's terrifying. But I put it into art and love. Mm-hmm. 
so it's now fully processed. I'm now totally okay. <laughs> that, that's what happens, right? When you like get a yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. It's totally okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I said it's fine. Right. Um, uh, how long did the book take you to make? Um, it took me uh, very little time to write, but a lot to perfect because I got really, really into the meter. And, like, breaking it to make a bad joke, because Dr. Virus isn't Dr. Seuss. He's a very, very sick man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's got a point of view that viruses are people, too. Uh, and they deserve the world that they uh, destroy of ours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> uh, just, I, I was just asking just a dumb logistical question of, like, how long did it take to make? Oh, yeah. No, uh, I have an illustrator, Jacob Vollum, who did, like, an amazing job with it. And this was also my first time, like writing a page and describing it and then having someone email back to me exactly what I had thought of. Mm-hmm. Like, and once that happened, I'm suddenly like, okay, well, let's do more books and comics and, and like, web comics and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's... Can't get enough of that. Yeah, it's, it's a weird addiction, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you become, like, obsessed with both the rigidity of it and the fluidity of it where you're like this page I just like won't describe it all and we'll see what he gives back yeah no and then yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes like oh I gotta fucking like no it needs to be this yeah I, I just wrote a comic for uh, Strange Romance Volume 2 where I gave no instructions as to illustration it was just like certain facts about my breakup and things like that and uh, what came back was exactly how it all felt like mm. it was wonderful yeah hmm do you uh because you're a teacher as well as a writer. Mm-hmm. Those are things that people like to put other people in boxes over of like, oh, you're a teacher. That's what you are. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't usually talk about teaching my work with kids like in the context. Mo- bu- yeah, yeah. Mo- my book context. But we got a good one here. So yeah. I'm, 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 uh, well, because well, the reason I was asking that is, is do you do you ever self-identify as a teacher? Um, I think. Like, I definitely moved here with the super vein, like, oh, I'm going to get paid to write or, like, I'm going to die, like, kind of attitude. Um, And then I started, like, just nannying a little bit. And I was like, no, like, being around kids or teaching something is an essential part of my life. Like, it's not the first thing I want to do, but um, I I never had a certificate. It was always, like, camps and after-school programs and classes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Educating is something I see as an essential thing, but I don't super identify as a teacher. Because mm. there's some people that really, really love that. Like, for yeah. me, personally, I don't really. You don't. <laughs> it's, it's, Let's get into this. <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? What's broken? No, no. It's, it's, no, it's more that, like, I, uh, I don't even know how to really describe it. It's that I just have a general loathing mm. for almost every form of institutionalized education. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't think, on a personal level, it's like, fuck you, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, the most bullshit, like, white male privilege thing ever. Of course, yeah, yeah, in the position to, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, So I'm I'm over here in the corner going, I know how to do everything! Like, get me the fuck out of here! It's like, fuck you, system that will eventually benefit me. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I was yeah. just curious, like, what was your educational experience like? Was it a positive one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I like I love any art classes or, like, any any teacher I had that gave me any sort of freedom. Like, I, I was blessed with, like, a, an awesome teacher, both of which I dedicated my second book to uh, in both high school and college, who very much encouraged me to do anything I wanted to do and, like, mm. rewrite the scenes for the school play or, like, do go do stand-up and, like, try all the comedy forms in college. So 
I, I'm very blessed with like phenomenal teachers and many mediocre ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we're not going to get into numbers, but sure. all, I, all I needed was the two to get me to where I am. So, yeah. Uh, at first when you said in high school and college, I thought you meant that it was one person, kind of like yeah. Mr. Feeney. Oh, yeah. I got really yeah. excited. Yeah, he he would get, took a job at the college. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got super amped. I was like, yeah. sweet! We're going to talk about yeah. some sweet Mr. Feeney action. I got to see where this kid's going. Yeah, yeah. Um, word. Uh, do you, do you want to work more with other artists now, or do you want to write... Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. Like, and I've, I'm very much into figuring out how to talk to different artists and having that relationship be good. Because, to be totally honest, I just want to sit around and be clever all day. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you putting in the work of like making pages, and I like can't imagine how intense that must be. <laughs> I want to, I want to be fucking Bendis and like just sit over here and say it. Yep. <laughs> like, 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 like Spider-Man swings through a thing, and if there's someone who's good at it and wants to, and I like, can like communicate well with, who wants to do that, that's that's fabulous. Yeah, um, that's the and it's such a intimate collaboration too. Mm-hmm. So I I love it. Yeah, every like I do T-shirt designs and stuff like that. Like anytime I can get back art for making up a thing, so I just love it. <laughs> Anytime I don't have to fucking physically lift the things myself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But that's but there are people who want to like lift things all day and like want someone clever to tell them like which way to throw them. Like, yeah, no, so, absolutely, like, absolutely. I just want it to be an equal and honest relationship. I feel the same way. Yeah, uh, nine times out of ten, and then I just can't find someone that will lift that specific thing at the correct angle. I'm like, fine, fuck it, I'll lift this myself. Oh yes, yeah. If if I had that option, I might do it every time. So I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna do no drawing class or whatever, <laughs> like. Uh, but yes, me and Jacob are in an open artistic relationship. Uh, we're welcoming like sculptors <laughs> or guys who draw cool spaceship things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That's so silly. Um, uh, did you did you know that you were going to do this when you were young? Like, let's say if you were the age that your chi- the your children, your students are right now, would yes. you have pictured that this is what you'd be doing? Um, I think it took me a long time to figure out that like comedy and what's funny and interesting wasn't important it wasn't as important to everyone else as it was to me mm. like to me that like the same way kids are just interested in sports and don't give it a second thought i was under the covers with mad magazine like reading the odd father having not seen the godfather yeah um, and i think that's a lot of people at the devastator too is like people who see things through the lens of parody more clearly like mm-hmm. Because uh, Mad Magazine had that awesome message of like, hey, maybe that big movie all your friends are seeing is like crap. Like maybe it just sucks. <laughs> and I think the Devastator in an amazing way is the opposite of like, hey, maybe this crap you like, like maybe this weird Sonic cartoon or whatever, like maybe it's fantastic. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like to find the depth and realness of that. Maybe is, the uh, Cowboys of Moo Mesa was the greatest TV show ever <laughs> created. <laughs> Just saying. Was that the spinoff from the cow movie cartoon? That was the other... <laughs> Cowboys of Moo Mesa was a show that was made by one of the toy designers for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it's basically like, what if the TMNT were anthropomorphic cow cowboys? It's amazing. Cow, cow, and they cow sing. Cowboys. I remember something and they, like this. And they sing, and there was a video game. Right. They were, they, yeah, the opening, the opening oh, right. credits is them going, the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. <laughs> wow. And I, I still can't believe they got uh, Cisco and Will Smith and Stevie Wonder <laughs> for the whole 
right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cisco's DV Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like the last one was Jimi Hendrix, like mm. his his ghost or something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's interesting uh, the the intersection between printed media and comedy here in the states because while there are things like National Lampoon and Mad Magazine and you know other comedy institutions like that like comic book news strip uh, uh comics n- newspaper strips uh the comedy tradition here in the states is so performance oriented and so yeah. uh non-print oriented as opposed to other places in the world where it's not yeah which i think is really strange what's your well like that just generally that? makes me think of like i get very pretentious about like i haven't performed a lot in the past 2 years and like the writer performer line to me mm-hmm. is very much like I've been seduced by having things I can hold mm. and like making things. And I think that's a, a general thing at the Devastator too, is like a lot of people who are writing amazing ephemeral internet comedy. And like, if it gets clicked this week, that's great. Maybe it'll take off or something, but mm-hmm. like this, this book's going to be on the shelf forever. And yeah. like, I think especially now, like, you know, records are more popular now. Like that's, People want to hold stuff. Well, especially I think that and that's... And be held. Uh, yes, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that's a very timely statement just in terms of where we are in the comedy scene in America in general because right now we're at this weird, like, peak comedy. Yeah. Like, it's almost as big as it was or bigger in the 80s and 90s when it was like, stand-up was a medium! Right. But now, now it's like three apps on my phone. You yeah. Know? Like I do the Howl and the CISO and stuff just because I, I like those people and I want to get paid out. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Or even just like half of fucking Netflix's stand-up specials. <laughs> right. And yeah, and I haven't caught up any of the on any of the podcasts I like that are recorded in this room. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I got to come here. Like, which yeah, is, which yeah. Which is beautiful. Thank you. No, yeah. no, no. But it's yeah. true. Yeah. Like, Comedy Bang Bang and You Made It Weird yeah. and, and What the Fuck. Yeah. Like, they're all... They are all comedy podcasts, yeah. and it's insane that there's this weird performance industry yeah. for comedy that maybe I'm just not informed, but I feel like I'm a pretty hardcore comedy nerd, and I don't know of a, a print industry around it in the same yeah, way. And, and Devastator is all comedy, and that's Yeah, that and I think fantastic. that's so rad. Yeah. Like, yeah. there needs to be more of that. Yeah. Like, I think it's so cool. Like, I wish that Mad Magazine was even remotely what it used to be. Yeah. Um, well, we also have Devastator people contributing, so they're helping, like, the Mad Max, yeah. I'm not saying it's not even that... I just It just doesn't occupy the same cultural landscape because yeah. the magazine is what it is, but our cultural tastes have shifted. In the same way right. that, like, I don't think, like, Get Fuzzy is a terrible comic strip, but it, the cultural <laughs> tastes yeah. aren't necessarily what they were in 1991 or whatever. Right, but then the enduring appeal of cats. Because <laughs> exactly. like, to me, that was, like, the legit, that, that was the Seinfeld of cat cartoons to me, where I'm like, oh, oh. you can actually have a cat, like, be a little witty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I feel like there's just so much weird potential there, and it's yeah. not... Well, you also, like, on. to me, the the best, uh, like, parody books by the Devastator are the ones that are, like, just sort of dropped out of an alternate universe. Like, yeah. it feels like an artifact or, like, a piece of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they did TARDIS Beat, which is sort of a uh, Tiger Beat set in the Doctor Who universe that, like, <laughs> they'll, like, ask them, like, oh, what's your dream date? And it's like, no, I'm trying to save the timeline. Could you, like, please leave me alone? And I just, like, like they did, like, a little, a little gap in continuity opened up and that, like, fluttered out and hit the, the sidewalk. Yeah. 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 So silly. Um, what, uh, how did, how did we get all the feelings? Um... <laughs> 
Yeah, how do, how do I how do I get all those feelings? You grew, I'm dead inside. Right, no, you grew up like the most sensitive Bay Area Jew, and you like over 30 years come to terms with it and decide to uh, write a teen monologue book as an elaborate form of self-parody. Uh, <laughs> That's how you'd like, that's the recipe. I dare anyone to, no, I do not duplicate this. But yes, um, uh, actually just, it was as simple as the Devastator wanted like types of books that haven't been parodied before. Um, and you know, Wigfield, it's a, it's a book by Amy Sedaris, Paul Donello, and Stephen Colbert, who are the strangers with candy people. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's about a guy who explores a small town, but each chapter is, like, someone's monologue um, or, like, just a little person telling their story, and it's all in character, and they take photos with it. And so, I, like, that just sort of brought me to teen monologue books and how garbage they are. <laughs> 111 one-minute monologues, 222 mm-hmm. two-minute monologues. Guess what's next? It's like... 333 yeah okay, yeah yeah no we're, we're all we're all here it's funny um, i had to learn some of those my mom yeah my mom owns a theater company oh wow and i had to learn some of those wow yeah because it's yeah and they're they're such garbage and they're so overwrought in like one page that i was like this is the perfect like because they're sort of parody parodies and sort of actual monologues like they could be delivered uh comedically but i just ride that line all over the place and Destroy theater kids because uh, they someone needed to sock it to them <laughs> because uh, they don't get beat up enough. I'm, yeah, I'm punching up here uh, at the theater kid I once was. Right. <laughs> so like from back in time. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that book came out. It is fabulous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm curious about the interactions that you have with people over mm. it. Do people talk to you about it in terms of like? You have no idea this used to be me? Yes. Or do you... I, like, yeah. I, I'm trying to, like, and I'm, I'm sort of learning the long game of book promo, too, in terms of, like, it, it came out this summer, and then I did sort of a, a tour of different cities, and I had shows there, uh, and I'm trying to get a show planned here, and once I get it in front of a theater person, and they see, like, the first joke about, like, theater cubes... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like all like all those very specific things, they really get it. Um, and I've had older theater people, um, like I know illustrator Danny Lacey, whose parents were like soap opera actors, and I had them in my monologue show, and they were like, "This, these are the theater jokes. Like it's not tied to any one school or reference, but just drama nerd shit." Mm. <laughs> but like, so that's that's how you came up. That's so you like, yeah, my mom like backstage running around. And shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, I, yeah, I want to know what it brings out of you. Like that. Yeah, well, because it's like it's my yeah. So my mom had a theater. She owns, still owns a theater company in Arizona, um, and uh, I basically just grew up there. Are you um, not, not going to give your mom a plug? Are you not going <laughs> to direct us to the website? <laughs> she even has a website that's the funny thing nine months she carried i know no i don't think she so she owns a theater company the melody baker acting studio and it's in tucson arizona where i'm from yeah uh and uh i got her name is melody baker mm -hmm. that's the sweetest okay (laughs) and so yeah no i i grew up there and she did a bunch of uh a bunch of plays um I, you name it, and I've been in it. Yeah, you know, Annie. Cycle through all the things. Yeah. Annie, uh, fucking. We. Did, the, the, my favorite one though was uh, slightly offbeat in that, uh, you know, Babes in Toyland, all that bullshit. Mm. Um, but we we did a production of The Hobbit. 
I did too. And that was I, my very first role. Who yeah. did you play? I was Bilbo Baggins. Fuck yeah, you were! <laughs> yeah, with the hair on the feet and shit. I was not Bilbo Baggins. I was Gollum. Nice. In a skin suit. My friend who played Gollum had so much more fun. I did too. I could crawl around the floor and like. Oh my god. His voice was exactly what. Andy Circus. Andy Circus, yeah. I was almost at Andy Chickless, but yes. I think Andy Chickless is the hybrid clone of Michael Chickless and Andy Circus. I'm in for it. That's a crazy looking human, but I'm into it. It's me. It's you. It's you. <laughs> yeah, no, that I that was uh, my favorite, p- specifically because of that. Because yeah. there was dumb rubber feet. Mm-hmm. I got to scream and yell and be hissy and yeah. Like, this fun like rat-a-tat sort of wizard conversation yeah. banter and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I don't about weed. <laughs> I don't remember if there was a song. I know Bilbo sings a song there, but I don't know if Gollum sings there. Oh, and riddles? You got riddles? I got riddles. Yeah, yeah. I got to be pissed off when I lost the riddles. What, what was your Gollum voice? I'm not gonna do it. Oh. Fuck you. Mostly, I just no, can you, can you mostly re- I just can't even. I mean, it's been it's been t- 15 years, no. 10 years. You know, just we're we're gonna leave for a second. Just read my entire monologue book okay. in the Gollum voice. Like, he's so versatile. Yeah, he's so versatile. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I I really couldn't even do it. I mean, I could if I heard Andy Circus right now, but I yeah I couldn't do it on the spot. I'm sorry. Irwin. I think anything that makes your throat hurt is a good Gollum voice. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. coughing up blood. You did yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, I, I. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of musicals in there too. A lot of musicals. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Wizard of Oz. Nice. I played the lion. I think like three times, twice, wow. something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, there was one time where I was just a crazy dude. You have like you in your bedroom and your mom just like calls up from the room like you're playing the lion. And you just open <laughs> and there's like a pirate and a lion. And you just like take the lion down. Like it was it was just one there was one occasion where I was playing the lion and I got you know I was what twelve, mm-hmm. f- four, fifteen, fourteen somewhere in there, and I got a little high on supply. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a there was there, there was two casts. It was a red and blue cast. I was in the red cast. The mm-hmm. blue cast. Um, I and my grand uh, double casting—that's a theater thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta be fair. Yeah, gotta be yeah. fair. <laughs> gotta be fair. So many kids, David. <laughs> You're gonna be red cast. <laughs> Lion. I don't know why I'm talking in my grandma's voice that's as my right. mom. That's your golden voice. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but I got a little high on my own supply. Mm-hmm. Got a little big headed. Uh, don't worry, guys. This story ends with me falling back to back to planet Earth. Great. But for a minute, I hey, was those. like, "I'm fucking awesome at acting," because <laughs> I'm 14 and I know everything. Uh, yeah. Oh God. So the girl who was playing the lion in, in whichever cast I was not in, mm. I deemed that she was not doing it right. And I cornered her. No, you don't give notes. Never. No. It was more than notes. I was just a tool. And I was just like, you're doing it wrong. And this is how you do it. And then I started doing it to her. And she was just like, the whole time, like, fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. And then afterwards was like, she went to, because there was, I think there was two. I don't remember if at that point in time my mom was directing both casts or if she had someone directing the other cast. I don't remember. But she went to somebody and then he got back to my mom. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Are you telling people what to do? You don't know what you're doing. You're 14. You're 13. And I was like, no, I know what I'm doing, Mom. That's the most embarrassing thing for, like, a theater mom to hear. To oh, hear. yeah. It's like, hey, did you hear your son was giving notes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, though. It's Tucson fucking Arizona. 
they're not going to put it in terms of they're giving notes. They're right. being like, yo, yeah. he's being a tool. Yeah. Get your, tool, son in, yeah. get your son in check. It's just a tool alert goes tool, off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the Arizona tool alert yeah, does. Yeah. Never forget it. Yeah. You wake up uh, and hear so it. So then I had to go, like, apologize to this young girl and, like, you know, to utter humility of, of you know, of, oh, God, I'm sorry. You're doing great. You're great. I'm sorry. Fuck me. Oh, forced yeah. apologies. Forced apologies oh, is the God, worst amazing. when you're 13. Yeah. I think my, like, 13, 14-year-old theater experience was, like, doing musicals and just being like, God, like, I need know I can't sing or dance, but there's something here that I like a lot that's like being on stage and kind of funny. And it took me Grease and How to Succeed a Business Without Really Trying to be like, oh, I can do a non-singing, non-dancing type of theater? Yeah, yeah. I can just say things that are funny and people right. will laugh and then I get all the highs out of singing yeah. and dancing but not having to sing and dance? Absolutely, yeah. This is oh, amazing. It's possible. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was my like humiliating thing of like... Yeah, I, I, don't, I think that sounds more like self-discovery. I right. don't know if that's... Like I had to be ducky or doofy in Greece or whatever <laughs> and they gave my song to Danny Zuko. <sighs> Fucking Danny oh Zuko. God, Jesus. Oh, no, we're, we're like deep in a theater trauma. No, that's good. I'm... Fucking Danny Zuko. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Danny Zuko. He made that with everyone. <laughs> Fucking Danny Zuko. My, my, one of my key memories from uh, theater was there was this dude named Corey mm-hmm. who was, there was like a little, there was like the bad kids in the theater, yeah. right? There was like the really cute girl mm. who was one of the producer's daughters, her not as cute best friend of course. who wanted to be her desperately. Yeah. And then the weird kind of shitty... Her single white female. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then the like shitty male best friend who had braces who was trying to be a bad boy and secretly wanted to have sex with both of them. That little triumvirate. Buddy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! That triumvirate, man, I got some stories about them. Yeah. But my... my and we still quote this in my house today whenever I go home, mm. is at some point in the rehearsal process for one of the shows, this kid walked across and got french fries from somewhere, brought them back to the theater and was eating them in the back, had to go up and do something, came back, and his french fries were gone, mm-hmm. and stopped the entire rehearsal and was just screaming, somebody jack my fries! <laughs> somebody jack my fries! Ugh. Somebody... Jack my fries! And we was like straight up yelling for like 15 minutes. The, the, yeah, the OIs of that are just like, oh my God. my fries. Yeah, like that's... We, right. we still yell, somebody jack my fries. Right, and, and because it was theater, someone also yelled like, thank you, somebody jack my fries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, you were there. You know, It was you, you we jacked his fries. <laughs> just to create a podcast anecdote years later. Oh, God. I mean, that sort of doesn't go anywhere. I don't know what happened other than just... I remember With the time travel me coming in to promote yeah. my book. It's great. It's great. Somebody <laughs> jacked my fries. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I do uh, my puck speech, but it's all me <laughs> traveling back in time to jack fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if there's an old crow and she's sitting on a stool, <laughs> I'll take her fries. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so you you do those things, you keep doing theater things, and you don't realize it's different until you realize everyone else is like cares about sports. Yeah, <laughs> which is the roar behind us is the sportings. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. I uh, I played sports until I was like super old, wow. yeah. like like sixteen, seventeen. I was I like loved sports. I played yeah. baseball and basketball, and then I at some point I was like. 
I don't want to do this. I'm going to I'm gonna draw stuff now. Yeah. Is that cool, Mom? And she was like, yeah, you don't have to play sports. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's great. I thought I had to. All no, right. it's, it's great to have that instinct. And I think there's a lot kids get out of, like, playing and doing sports. But in terms of the bloated cultural force that is uh, mandatory masculinity know about sports, not, not down. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to be, like... The other way, which is one of those, like, snobs who's like, little sports ball, I'll, I'll do that sometimes. But, yeah. like, I, I just don't want anything to be mandatory. Yeah, We don't I, want I comics to be mandatory. No. We don't want Christmas to be mandatory. These things. I agree. Yeah. I agree. No mandatory es mas bueno. Yeah. Um, There's no show anyone has to see. There's no album There is, however, a book some, everyone has to read. Yes. Which is... All the feelings. feelings. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, hella dramatic monologues for thespians of a teenage. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got, I, I shoot from the hip with the subtitle. Like I've got it. I in think my it's back. great. It's like it's muscle memory. I just open my mouth and like yeah, look, yeah. At the top I think it. it really adds to it. Yeah, and it's got I, like you were you were uh, praising the design of Oh the Flesh Relief, but also this looks like one of the Samuel. French oh, it, books. it absolutely like, does. And it's it's so at home on a shelf with those. Yeah, and that's amazingly important to me. Yeah. <laughs> One of the many great things of this book I did not do. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I can point out how fucking rad this is because I didn't right. have any fucking thing to do yes. with it. I want Jeffrey Gold and Amanda Meadows, the Devastator, to contact the publishers and order a bunch of them or show up at their apartment and be handed a book. Like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck it's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, and well, I, I did get all the feelings in here. Like, I've got shaved. Every single. I've got bummed. And all the rest. All of them. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Do you have somebody jack my fries? <laughs> I have betrayal. That's dude. There we go. Yeah. That's somebody jack my fries. Yeah. Oh, and that's like the most fourteen-year-old monologue ever because it's. Uh, it's just somebody jack my fries over and over and <laughs> over again for three minutes. <laughs> well, it's like the it's the grossest male thing of like uh, a, a kid talking to his friend and his friend has just told him like. Hey, like, can you maybe not talk about women like that? And he's like, "How dare you? Like, I thought we were friends. Like, mm-hmm. we we always talk about chicks like this. It's how we bond as men." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So that's the jack, the metaphorical Freud jacking. <laughs> Freud, Freud, Freud jacking. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know California goes like more south than San Diego? It's like crazy. <laughs> it just, just keeps going. It's it keeps cra- going, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it weird? Well, like I never could have gotten used to like the weird. Like no one could have explained to me the weird sprawl of LA and all the cities around it, like into the Inland Empire and south of San Diego and stuff. It's just ev- like everything. There is a nice little cluster. When I uh, first moved to California, I lived in Ventura, mm. and I went back, and there was somebody I had known was like oh where are you living now i was like oh la area in ventura and they're like oh, that must be in the heart of los angeles right and i was like oh well yeah. i mean it's like an hour and a half north but it's fine yes no. No, nothing here makes sense don't expect it to make sense it's a county it's a city west hollywood is a city no other hollywood is a city we got this it's yeah. fine so fucking crazy which also like i feel like i'm Finally, actually, an Angelino now because when someone's like, "Yeah, I live in L.A." Oh, where do you live, Torrance? I'm like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck yeah. you." I have the same thing with like people claiming Oakland that are from like surrounding cities and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where it's you just ask the right questions and you get them to admit it's like, "Well, mm-hmm. Pete, mom, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah." Not that I'm from the toughest part of Oakland or anything like that, but I can say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about uh, the Ninos that you help instruct. And oh, let's goodness. talk about this, these things. Yes. Uh, so I sort of, uh, through fun circumstances this year, fell into doing a lot of Jewish education. Um, 
And I now teach a first grade class, a second grade class for Hebrew school, and then a uh, Simpsons and Torah class. Uh-huh. And a, I think you should say that again slower. Simpsons and Torah class. Perfect. No, I, yeah, I can't. I can barely believe it. I feel like if I don't say it quick enough, I yeah, people, won't still have the job. Yeah, yeah. People will be like, nah, right. you know what? Nah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go a different direction with this one, Mike. Right. No, it's and it's the it's a really cool keep kids talking about Judaism after their bar mitzvah thing with seventh graders where I put on a Simpsons episode and we read a relevant passage from the Torah, which you know that's got everything, so it's always relevant, and we talk about it. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm here with with zines, so to speak, <laughs> that I have uh, commissioned uh, from my first and second graders uh, on various themes and holidays, and I did not pick these out. My friend picked the most interesting ones out of the okay. pile. All right. So I don't know if we should like. Yeah, you want to maybe like split sta- them up? Well, we got a stage reading it, which is yeah. weird on a podcast, but just everyone could stand up. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we'll just like I, yeah. Oh, so. I, my oh. headphones just went out, but that's... Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's Did okay. I kick something? Oh, there we go. Paper so we have... on the headphones just apparently made them short. No, the the, yeah, these are so powerful with Jewish mysticism. I'm teaching them yes. Kabbalah, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's um, many golems hidden yeah. in there. This is here. Just, I don't know what... The... <laughs> yes. Are you guys... Maybe we go around in a circle, maybe? Yeah. And Mike, you want to start? Try, try and describe what we're seeing. Yeah. If Aristotle wants... Oh, like, immediately... I, I told them to to do something like serious about the Torah and their lesson, and this is like <laughs> Death Star and like sword dicks and like yeah yeah I know who this was I'm not gonna say his name but okay. yeah so mischief immediately yes which is Zine Zine Spirit right Zine Spirit yeah 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 <laughs> that's a segment here right yeah Zine Spirit <laughs> keeping the Zine Spirit yeah cool yeah what, right. what, what did you got this so my okay. first one uh, is from Daniel and it says Happy Birthday Earth. And it's a card, brown paper, folded over. There is a drawing of what I'm assuming is the earth on the back, which looks kind of like a screaming face. It's a circle with green and blue lines on it that make shapes. Yeah. Inside, (laughs) inside it says, I will plant a tree! Yes! Exclamation point. And a really dope drawing of a tree and two people jumping up and down, like, (laughs) cheering. Yeah, no, the kids pick up on, like, the... Because I have to explain, like, big biblical concepts to them. And creation, to me, I was like, they know birthdays. Like, they know it's the Earth's birthday, and, like, what do you... What do you want to do for the next year? I can't be like, repent, for thou hast betrayed thy neighbor, and things like that. But, yeah, yeah, also, uh, you were saying earlier on, like, kids' kids art style sort of mimics the the growth of civilization. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I forgot who brought up this concept, but, uh, yeah, when young kids are drawing, they usually draw the the, the floating objects, the the, the house, the floating house, the floating person, and there's a floating tree, but they'll know to put the grass on the bottom because grass is on the bottom, so they'll draw it on the bottom of the page. Yeah. And when you go back to the cave cave paintings in France and Lascaux, yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, you'll see the uh, objects, the the animals and the people are floating on the wall. There's no landscape because the wall was the landscape. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like these floating objects again. And then when they get older, maybe like around like eight or nine or ten, they'll start shading because now they recognize like, oh, things have there's value, there's light and shadow to them. Mm-hmm. So they'll do that. They'll even kind of practice with uh, perspective. Playing with the the regular perspective line and mm-hmm. trying to uh, yeah. doing some more complex stuff. They start getting more complex and and kind of uh, uh, is analogous to the art periods of 
of a whole, you know, span of thousands Culture, of yeah. years. And yeah. now it's, it's all like compressed all into one lifetime. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. Like two, yeah, like, maybe like crazy. 20 years old, right? Because then like, uh, I think uh, when you're about uh, 12 years old or 13, that's when you either continue to draw or when you stop drawing. You, or you go to a find, blue period. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll find something else. But mm-hmm. if you keep drawing, then you know, you'll figure out your own style, right? Nice. The, there's no... The period now that we live in, there's no distinct period that we're living in currently because mm-hmm. now it's just oh, whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah, we don't know yet because we're living in, in it now. And but no one can even, process the amount of anything that's yeah, happening. Yeah, I think even yeah. ten, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 2000s, like, there, were, there was there's still no defining moment of what art is. You yeah. Know? Yeah, the Renaissance, yeah, the cave paintings, yeah. yeah. yeah the well, I'm, I'm hoping the defining moment is Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm very much looking <laughs> oh, forward to that. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, and then, that. yeah, all the art. And <laughs> I want weird hand motions from everyone all the time. <laughs> uh, I got a letter from Steve Ditko yesterday. Oh, wow. All right. I have just, two. Just dropping some names heavy. Are you, oh, like you pull, He's pulling it out? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I almost brought it. Please but I was, cease and desist. Yeah, no. So his first letter to me, mm-hmm. uh, I sent him a package of comics. I, also, I want to continue reading these because these are amazing. Yes. But I sent him a package of comics. The first uh, letter that he sent me was, uh, Dear Dave, yet another fan, in quotation marks, that does not inquire as to my time or interest in evaluating their work, I shall pass it along to someone who cares. Regards, Steve Ditko. That's not terrible. It's kind not, of shitty, but it's kind of a courtesy. No, yeah, but it's... It, I just love that he pass it along is very interesting. I just love that he gave it... Yeah. Uh, gave me a letter. That's of all course. I wanted. Yeah. So then I sent... He, I was like, you're going to send me a letter? Even though I pissed you off? I'm going to send you another letter. Yes. So I sent him a letter that asked him about, like, creative failure and, like, what does failure mean to him? And, like, do you do you think about whether something will succeed or fail as you're making it? Yeah. And he sent me a letter that said, Dear Dave, I do not discuss curiosities about me or my work. Regards, Steve Ditko. Wow. <laughs> and I'm going to send him another letter tomorrow. I love that. Yeah. I As much as I respect, like, opening up the whole process, I also... I, like, that's kind of an actor thing is, like, the actor's secret. Like, no mm-hmm. one knows how I got it as a role. I found my own little way to it. Uh, uh, so yeah, yes. you're Steve Ditko, Steve yeah. Did, and also just he's fucking crazy, which I love. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I fucking love it what, what do we have here alright so moving on uh, back to Daniel I have another Daniel apparently I just got oh. a stack of Daniels damn man uh, damn Daniel <laughs> no, no no I'm so sorry I'm so sorry um, so I can't tell if this is supposed to be an earth with legs ooh or people riding inside of a giant lobster oh with legs what does that look like to you I think oh, yeah. I, can see. I think I can it's see a giant lobster with people riding on its back I think it's people in a sun. I oh my but god! But his legs wow. though. Yeah can can you read can you read in your like most zen voice like the the inscription here of what this kid has uh, <clears throat> vowed to do for the year? I can be. I can be better at yelling. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is the weirdest no, reading not, of that. Wait, I think it's better. It, oh, it is yelling. I, I looked yeah, at it. I thought it was everything. I was ready for, like, such a heartwarming moment. <laughs> oh, I no, these kids really do want to get better at yelling. yelling. At oh. yelling. Well, he means, I'm like, screwed. I won't yell so much. How do I sell enough zines to not teach anymore, man? <laughs> <laughs> so this third one that I have here is also by Daniel. Oh. And it appears no to be way. a stage 
with stars on it and a small man with a beard. Oh, that's a sucker. And it says, oh, see, I had no idea what this is, so yeah. I was going to read baby sucker like. Oh, sucker. <laughs> no, that is my rap name, though. Baby uh, sucker. <laughs> baby sucker. <laughs> They're both, yeah, little, little baby sucker. Yeah, uh, as uh, Sukkot is a Jewish holiday where you build these forts and things. So, yeah, this is actually just very good. He's got a burger and, like, a Pixar lamp. I don't know what we think that is. Fuck yeah. But, yeah, like, some <laughs> some of them have so much more sophistication. Some of them, like, like first and second grade is a huge time of flux. So some of them can uh, write the Hebrew alphabet, uh, which I cannot. I am, however, teaching them the Hebrew alphabet. Ah. So I'm doing it three letters at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh, I, I am capable of doing that, which is what I love about teaching, is that I, it's more about me controlling the classroom and the emotions and sort of getting, like, bringing Manicuring in all the feelings. Yeah, no, I absolutely have, yeah, and I have to, it, it took me a while when I got back into early, early childhood to be like, oh, I have to be the centered one. <laughs> like, no other kid is going to be like, I got this, Mr. Mike. <laughs> Like, I just have to be calm and expect everything to go well. And that sometimes works. Sometimes does not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what, what, yeah, what book, what zine okay. pages do you have, friend, this, Erwin? Uh, on the front is another picture of the earth on the blue. Multicolored. These tiny Jews. By Van. Like the arrow yeah. is, like, pointing, pointing down. Yeah. It's down. But yeah, by Van. Also, it looks like a knife. It's like yeah. a oh, knife shave. Yeah. I wouldn't put what it past that? him, no. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to cut a slice of this earth off. And in red. And in red, Drawn no less, yeah. Red. Okay, so we open it up, and it says, I will plant plants. With the biggest period. I had, like, <laughs> like, what What are you going to do for the world? Plants. And, like, they, yeah, they got onto the, con- the, the, the simpler concepts of it. But, like, yeah. I will plant plants. Yeah. I will plant plants and I will be better at yelling. Do you guys think I'm doing my job good? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay. 100% uh, return rate on the kids coming yes. back safe. So that's that's enough sometimes. I like this one because this is kind of uh, unconventional. Cause it's, oh, because it folds ooh, yeah. the other the way. Other way yeah. So here's another drawing. Of the earth. That is actually probably the, the best drawing of earth I've seen so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other one Noah was, has some good skills. Yeah. Vans was like multicolored, which I love, but yeah. the, uh, the one before was like a Pangea. Pangea. Yeah. yeah. Pangea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a panacea Noah. for Pangea. Yeah. Earth and above uh, above earth, there's a little heart. Oh, he the likes earth, it. Fuck really yeah, Noah. Arrow. And Noah writes, Noah, think. <laughs> no, no, like yeah, and that, then and then it's yes, a picture, yeah, backwards. It's a kid on a uh, skateboard going down a ramp, <laughs> and then uh, there's a guy. Yes, yeah, yes, with, to with seeing something. Is yeah, he looking look. at something? And then no to taking a piano away from someone. <laughs> what is this? Hold on, Let's Mike. What is I that? Okay, yes. Oh, he's doing like a goofus and gallant thing. I'm really proud here. Yeah, so it's not. It's one with thing holding two things and making things. Yeah, a guy holding a stick and looking at a, a boot. <laughs> I feel like this is like our weird future. Like we're all seeing how oh. we're going to die right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Noah's, so Noah's going to be our yeah, overlord. Noah's going to walk in with two uh, <laughs> nondescript blocks and then someone else is going to have some sort of pool key. Oh, no. He's throwing something out. Oh, there's like there's dot dot mind. dot to the trash can. <laughs> oh, yes to recycling, no to, to keeping shit. Yeah, no to standing next to someone with X's on your eyes, which I think is a greater <laughs> yeah, yeah. lesson. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, it's a lot. Of, that's a lot to take home. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, totally. What about you, Aristotle? You got any good ones? I got one from I believe Noah. 
Oh shit, Noah again, <laughs> He's a man. Superstar. But uh, I don't know what this is, like Vanan. Oh, it's Van and Noah. Oh, oh Van yeah. and Noah. They yeah, got they team up. Yeah, teamed up. Yeah. yeah, nice. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at. There is a person with a big smile, mm-hmm. either taking a picture or shooting something across to what looks like um, Dolby from Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> I would, yeah, like a, a lot of Star Wars in these. I wouldn't put any like reference that you think you might notice past them. Mm. Yeah, they've seen some Harry Potter stuff. And I'm not quite sure if this is... Is that a giant teepee or a windmill? Yeah, that's what, uh, it looks like from the top of a teepee or uh, like a giant Burning Man style oh, X. Oh. Uh, Somebody's reading a bunch of X-Men and just like, man, this is Jawa as fuck, yo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they, they like the Morrison era. They like yeah, Quentin, yeah. They like Quentin <laughs> Choir. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I really like, there's a, an emo kid down here <laughs> in the corner with his hair covering his eyes. Oh, is that, Ky- is that Kylo Ren? Maybe? No, well, because no, well, I was looking at the, the other thing. It looks like he has a four-part lightsaber, and that's yes. very much a kid impulse where it's like, yeah, what about guns on guns on guns? <laughs> like, yeah. One gun is not enough. What yeah. if there were five guns, but <laughs> yeah. they had one handle? Yes. Yes, please. I uh, didn't bring in one that I, I put on Instagram that I love so much, which is uh, a kid wrote, like, I will pay more attention to the teacher, and it has a picture of the teacher, and the teacher is saying, I've been made aware there's been a murder. <laughs> Which, like, I immediately, like, brought the kid aside and I was like, hey, like, why did, why did you have her say that? And the kid was like, oh, well, the teacher would be saying something very important. And, like, oh. I was like, oh, that's good. Like, that was no, no sign that, like, it, like yeah. yeah, yeah, she was, like, and having she, weird she thoughts had, or anything like that. you know, caught on to the fact that you'd murdered someone. Right. But I love, <laughs> I love when kids just pick up snatches of language where you're like, you had to have, like, heard that in the background of TV somewhere. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So we just, we just make a lot of zines. It's a great little way to process it. it to, like, give them four blank pages and four ideas and stuff yeah. like that. And I've, Are um, you going to put them into a zine of yourself? Uh, no, but I now, like, I very much want to do zines and comics myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just sort of realized, like, you know, The Devastator is fantastic, but it takes a few months to get a book out. And if I get with, um... Like, Evan Lewis, I've been doing a webcomic with. If we wanted to print something over there at Kinko's and bring it in here to consign, we absolutely could. Yeah, and yeah. that's way too exciting. Like, I didn't, I didn't think there were that few barriers. Mm. Uh, and I don't, I don't know too much about the zine scene. I came into comics, like, four years ago. Like, oh. I wasn't the kid who always had them. Um, so I was just, like, American Splendor and Mad Magazine. Yeah. Uh, then the new Fifty Two happened, and I was, <laughs> and you were like, Fuck. I was like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about your webcomic. I didn't even know you made a webcomic. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, we, I ran for twenty five weeks with Evan Lewis, and we met at uh, Meltology. Uh, actually, we met in Jim Higgins' comics class, and then we started coming here. And it was the beautiful art thing mm-hmm. of. I had just gotten rejected from like a TV show and UCB and another Onion job, and I was like. I just want four panels once a week. Like, if I can just do that, and I stuck with it, and I that that comic came out every week, rain or shine, we got guest artists and things like that. Um, and he's taking a break to sort of compile and touch them up, and we want to do Comixology Submit, but then I'm coming straight to you for, like, where do I take this Fuck glorious yeah. thing? Fuck yeah. yeah. And you too. Um, yeah. What, uh, what's your webcomic about? Uh, it's just... 
it's very farsighty. It's like a weird, like weird topic of the week kind of thing. Um, it could be like planets or talking sandwiches or like whatever I want to use to make like a, a little weird point or do a variation on a gag or something like that. And it's four panel strips. Yeah, four panel strips or a page or the weirdest thing that happened is uh, we basically started doing good bad New Yorker cartoons because yes. <laughs> Evan would get to me and be like, yes. I can't. <laughs> like there's one with. Um, Four prescription bottles, like, sitting around a table, and one of them's like, I don't know, I just felt so different since I went on Greg, and there's a man inside him, like, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, in the process, and we want to pitch things to them, but, like, sort of in the process of him not having a lot of time and just saying you can do one thing, and me being like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna put two weird things together and have something quippy happen. We're doing the thing that we want to do and also avoid, and that's... Zine magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I hope you make a zine called Zine Magic. You know, oh, I, absolutely. Okay, now that's happening. Great, great. Yeah. Look at what you've done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, but I feel like zine magic needs to be a thing. Yeah. That's, well, yeah, no, it's, it's right across the street from zine <laughs> We're just yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. like a competing like yeah. fuck you like, yeah fuck you Zine Mel I'm Mike I got a card table uh, this is Zine Magic I gotta go in to get my polls real quick but I'll be right out here saying fuck you again yeah fuck you <laughs> so silly yeah uh, do you uh, do you go to any of the local Zine Fest and stuff or are you mostly I go, I go to this just... one and I go to whichever one the Devastator is at and help help out I. I You've experienced me as Shut Him Down Levine, where at the end of the con, when everyone's exhausted and packing their stuff up, I'll like, I'm like, oh, excuse me, I'll take this one box. And everyone's like, you're a lifesaver, Mike. We're going to remember you as a good person, despite the thing you're about to do. Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. And you were, like a, you were like a shining beacon of hope. Right. I was like, Mike is here to help me carry this down these stairs? Yeah. Well, what? That, that was my first, like, big San Diego Comic Con, and I did it with, like, no plan, wandering around trying to take a picture with, like, Dr. Doom or Max Landis <laughs> or, like, whoever weird person would be there that I could just take a picture with. And so to, like, see you guys taking it out and knowing I uh, met you and liked you and that I could be useful for five minutes, I was like, I can lift a box definitively. I don't know how to deal with this glut of... <laughs> People and franchises and opportunities and non-opportunities and things to spend more money on. Like, it was it was a lot. Oh, man. Yeah, it was a lot. But at that point, I was like, we are never getting out of here. Yeah. We're going to live in the San Diego Convention Center <laughs> Absolutely. for the rest of time. And then you were like, hey, do you need some help with that? And I was like... <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I had that feeling today. I spent about, like, two weeks on Wilshire earlier this afternoon. <laughs> I was like, there is, there is none but Wilshire. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I did that, too. There's that weird bullshit com- construction down on Wilshire between, like, La Brea and yeah. then whatever the fuck. I don't even know when it ends. It's just right. forever. This is great to me because, like, three years ago I was listening to people having boring L.A. location conversations on podcasts and be like, someday I'll know what a Sienega is. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I realized oh, I was officially a Los Angelino yeah. when I knew how to say Kawanga. Yeah. I was like, it's not... Nikahunga? Not, it's not... <laughs> Kawahangua. Kawahangua. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the legend of Kawahangua. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Kawahangua. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh it's god! The, it's a book in the background of an Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, the young or it's years. like the, it's like the yeah. chant on some like Nickelodeon game show where they're like the legends of the hidden Kawangahua. Yes, Kawangua, 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 Kawangua. Red team is Lacey and Mark. Kawangua, Kawangua. This isn't any one ethnicity. <laughs> I was talking to a friend earlier today about how much I love the uh, ambiguously ethnic sitcom character, like uh, on Taxi or like on that 70s show with Fez, where it's like, oh, he's from a little country no one's ever heard of, so we can just like do all the stereotypes. Yeah, we're not offending any one group of people. Right, which I think is both completely legit and completely disingenuous (laughs) at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, what we came to Los Angeles to be, so. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, what was the, what was, not to talk about painful things, but what was the show that you got rejected from? Oh, uh, the show I got rejected from was a talk show, and it was like the first network talk show that I had uh, ever applied for, and I really hated making the packet. Like, it was a really strange experience. Um, also, because I'm used to writing Onion headlines, and at their best, Onion headlines are sort of a parallel reality that informs our own. Mm-hmm. And a monologue joke is you start out with a story and then you do a crazy twist to it. And no, that didn't really happen. Like, it yeah. sort of, it goes the opposite and it felt like driving on the wrong side of the road. Uh, but that's that's absolutely fine. I'm doing, like, the books and comics and things like that. Yeah. Um, is, that is that something you want to do long term? Do you want to work in TV? Um... I want to I want to write wherever I'm like comfortable like I I spend a lot of anywhere anyone will give you money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have the same feeling. But it's it's kind of weird to me as much as I've been teaching where I I realized at a certain point I was like I've never had an office job. Uh so like the idea of getting staffed somewhere is both oh I can write and be with people and stuff like that and then it's also I'll be in an open office plan and someone will take my lunch and I'll have to deal with like <laughs> Dilbert off jokes all day, things like that. So, yeah. I think it's I very much want to be like Morrison, like, uh, uh, and just be in all the worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to have a Marvel book and an indie book, and like I'm, Matt Fraction is basically like wh- what I want to be. Mm. Um, just yeah, sit around clever as shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want to, but you want to work for the big two. Um, yeah, well, I, like, I have certain corners of those worlds I love. I absolutely love The Thing from the Fantastic Four, and, like, that was the first comic I sat down to write, apropos of nothing, knowing nothing, just how to sort of generally put out a script. Uh, I wrote a comic about The Thing dancing on the moon. um, Because the gravity's so low, and, uh, (laughs) oh, no, like, no, we're gonna get real all the feelings here. No, I want it, I want it. The whole comic was about how... And we've all experienced this, like, at a certain point as a kid, you get too big to pick up. Mm-hmm. And, like, at that point, your life is sort of forever changed because no one will do that for you. And I'm, uh, like, six foot one and change. And, like, Ben Grimm is uh, a Jewish man who hates his body. Uh, so I relate to him, like, very much. He's one of the heroes, like, the Hulk who doesn't want to be, the, like, what he is yeah. uh, on a bad day. Uh, so... The the conceit of the comic was that, like, every year on his birthday, he, like, gets dropped off on this moon where he can just, like, be free and, like, tuck and roll and jump and, like, glide and, like, swim through gravel and shit like that. Um, and then it ends with 
him like exhausted at the end of his day, like eating lunch, and then uh, the spaceship comes to pick him up. Um, so that's yeah, that's all. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mike. <sighs> No, because it has two meanings. Let's go over this again. Yes. So, so when um, you're a kid. Right. So a pickup is a type of truck. Right. Uh, also, uh, something <laughs> it, uh, jerks do to women they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know you. Come over here. Yeah. That's uh, really fun. I was, yeah. And there's two other good definitions I was employing. Yes. No, that's funny that you, because I, I feel like that's a conversation that I've been having a lot recently, just in terms of. And this is, I'll be, I'm interested to have this conversation with you because you're also somebody who writes mm-hmm. and someone who I feel like is driven mm-hmm. and has goals. Um, in that, for a long time, that's all I wanted too, was to work at the big two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longer I make things, and specifically this last year, mm-hmm. going to fuckloads of conventions yeah. and putting out like five books yeah. and like really, really like being serious about it. It's so hard, and there's so many barriers to entry, and it really does feel like the only way to get traction mm-hmm. in on a major level is to work for the big two. Yeah. And that, within me personally, mm-hmm. provides a great amount of resentment. Yeah. And I love these characters, and I love a lot of the people who've worked for these companies, mm-hmm. but ultimately, the way that they're treated and the fact that I have to work there to achieve exactly what you were just saying. If yeah. I want to be Matt Fraction, I want right. to be do all the things and right. have toes in every world. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I want to do that too. And and, and I like and I have the the luxury of starting out and being naive. Like I don't like But I don't I'm so yeah. am I. I'm, right. I'm not in any position either. Right. But, but there's yeah. the I guess it's more just the like I've developed a sense of resentment this last year of like, well, fuck it. Why do I have to work there? This is so bullshit because if I didn't have well, yeah, to work when it's there, mandatory. I'm, yes, yeah, it's the mandatory you, yeah, yeah, exactly. thing again. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting that, like, yeah, because I feel like I would get to, but you feel like in order to make the things you really want to happen happen, you'd have to be like, yeah, Drew, like, Vision's twin cousin book or, like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, no, so I understand how you'd feel that way. Yeah. And I don't even, and maybe that'll change. I don't know. I just look at the way that people are treated at those companies. Well, yeah, there's the, like, the real business side to it, but I also just get fascinated by canon. Like, I Me love too. that there are comedy writers doing comics and, like, slipping in-jokes from comedy Bang Bang into, like, Deadpool and stuff. And, like, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker uh, putting their, like, coffee brand from Thrilling Adventure Hour into the Marvel Universe. Like, yeah. that's, that's real to me in a really cool way. Yeah, I think that shit's awesome. Yeah. And I also just, like, I love the idea that comics here in the States are this weird collaborative wall where people for 70 years all put bricks yeah. on this giant fucking tome of what it is to be human and like over these 75 years it gets redefined and we take bricks out and put bricks back and people argue about the shape of the bricks yeah and i think that's fucking awesome and beautiful and intrinsically human and part of me really wants to be a part of that and then the other part of me is like fuck all of this fuck all of this why do we have to stay with ideas that were invented almost 100 years ago. Yeah. Like, why can't we have a reader base here in the States that reads shit other than tights and fights? Yes. You can't, yeah, you can't not have punching. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's when that's mandatory. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm, I don't know. This is, <coughs> there's no, there's no ultimate point to what I'm making. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's, just, I just think it's 
very fascinating, like just the volume of material on these ongoing worlds. And that's also what makes me love something like the Fantastic Four, where they're like the lost lawsuit children of Marvel, (laughs) because it's like rights didn't line up. And so these characters that were once so essential are are now sort of scattered out of necessity and sort of seeing Marvel do franchise business moves and also nail creating worlds in some ways and also shit on creators <laughs> like disappoint people and now I have like friends who write for them who have like I not sure I've been treated fairly and things like that so that's I'm starting to get into to, to what you're saying too yeah. yeah I don't know and I yeah I and who knows maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and there'll be another letter from Steve Ditko and that yeah. letter will be like you know what bro you should write Spider-Man and I'll be like well <laughs> yeah. Steve Ditko wants me to do this it's my life goal now I have to do this sorry guys <laughs> yeah. sorry sorry guys but which Spider-Man? It's true. Yeah. It's true. Which one? I love Miles Morales. Like, I do, too. I, I love all the Marvel kids. I was reading Champions earlier today, and I was like, these are teens. Like, these are modern teens. They hook up to uh, the Vision's daughter for Wi-Fi on a camping trip and, like, spend one panel looking at their phones. <laughs> I was like, that's that's great. Like, you just have to present that honestly. But, yeah. Yeah. I... I love so much stuff about it. I, there's so many great books happening. Just in general in comics, it's a fucking golden age. Yeah. Like, in the world, in DIY publishing, it's a golden age because it's easier now than it's ever been before. Right. The only thing we need right now is a distribution model because fuck Diamond. Right, yeah. Uh, they're fucking terrible. Well, it took me a long time, like, as I was getting pull sheets and stuff like that, to go to my retailer and, like, say, hey, I need this comic issue. And he's like, no, they're sort of reverse back-ordered and you'll get it in two weeks. I'm like... What other product can't you get in two days? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Um, like, hearing about how they hide the numbers. And like it's weird insane. And stuff it's like insane. That. Yeah. Right. Because don't they measure, like, Batman sells a consistent amount? So if you can see if something's below or under Batman. Basically. Wow. I mean, it's a little bit more complicated than that, especially because most comics sell below Batman. Like, yeah. everything sells Pretty below much, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing I absolutely hate, like, as I was getting into comics, is friends who weren't into it being like, Oh, there's, they still put out a Batman fuck. book? It's like, fuck you. Right. And that's to me, that's sheer vanity of like, I'm not into opera, but I assume someone's writing an opera. Like, it doesn't go away because I don't know of it. And not only that, there's 12 Batman books. There's like, yeah. yeah and then there's the Bat Family books, too. It, no, yeah, that, that's all in there. Yeah. It's like 30 fucking titles. And there's usually like a weekly. Yeah. There's fucking Batman Eternal where it comes out every week. Not every month, Whoa. every week. That was a fun and confusing ride. That was my first weekly comic. And I also read 52 at one point, which was interesting. I wanted to love Batman Eternal. Yeah. I liked parts of it a lot. And then those weekly comics. So this is a a really interesting thing from from a form perspective. Mm. I feel like if they treated the art on weekly comics the way they treat the writing and had like an actual bullpen, it would be a completely different experience. That'd like, be awesome. Like, I think if they did a weekly comic that was, even if it was just the three of us in this room, yeah. you and I break the story and write, you, we alternate issues, yeah. and then Irwin and I split up the storylines. Not the issues, mm-hmm. but the storylines. So Irwin draws Catwoman and I draw Batman. Ooh. So in every issue, there's four pages of Catwoman and 20 pages of Batman, or 20 Ooh. pages of Catwoman and four pages of Batman. I like this cutting to, like, us being at a pitch office just holding our phone up with the podcast <laughs> flag, where it's like, we already said it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see why we should uh, go through this Let's just do yeah. it. Where's yeah. Ditko's office? I gotta... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's so much potential. Especially, mm. like, the thing that was so nice about Eternal was that they really tried 
to keep a rigid form mm-hmm. in the way the issues were structured, where it would be a splash page, mm-hmm. and then a double page splash, and then, you know, gridded panels. Yeah. I thought that was so cool, because you got to see how each writer would interpret interpret the splash, double page splash, whatever. Yeah. It was so, so fun. And then weird stuff happened, and they brought Spoiler back, and Selena Kyle oh. became... It was just not good. No, like, nothing happened other than them, like, playing the one big card that Snyder had in his back pocket, uh, which I won't spoil, I guess. It was it was the one cool thing that happened. I don't think it's had any lasting effect, but yeah. No. Yeah. And, but especially that, though, like, Zack Snyder... Or not Zack Snyder. Scott Snyder... Was oh, like, boy. That's a completely different... Sick of that. Fucking... No, because I, I have to be careful when I'm talking about him. He also waited like three years after I left Sarah Lawrence to go teach there. <laughs> and it makes me so angry. What? Yeah. What? Does he yeah. teach comics there or just writing? He, ta- he taught comics for a while, yeah. I think it was r- like right as he was starting to do Batman. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I've, had, I've met grad student friends there who like... None of the hippie Sarah Lawrence types knew they were taking the Batman writers class. <laughs> and I hope one person appreciated it. I love that dude so much. Oh, yeah. I love that dude. Also, it cracks me up that his face is, like, super asymmetrical. Have you ever noticed that? No. His left eyebrow. Like <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. He's a good-looking guy. Let's talk about his work, man. <laughs> no, he's a good-looking guy. But I feel his... like male comic creators get judged by the looks. <laughs> his face is, like, super asymmetrical, where, yeah. like, his left eyebrow is permanently cocked. Yeah. Or maybe it's his right eyebrow is permanently cocked. And he looks, like, slightly impetuous constantly. Yeah. And I think it's really funny. I love the the team up of him and Capullo, where it's like the muscle guy, the <laughs> like right. super bro dude. Yeah, yeah. I want that with my artist Jacob. Like, I want, <laughs> Jacob, you're listening now. Please get jacked, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get gaunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Real, just shrink a foot and a half and yeah. get gaunt. Yeah, I can yeah. do it. You got this. I believe buddy. In myself. Um, Word. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, friend? Uh, you can find me uh, at, at @bizmichael. Um, you can see my Halloween costume, which was uh, Jewish Catholic schoolgirl Hawkeye for president. Yes. Quite the sensation. I'm very proud of it. You sent uh, me photos of it, and I, I lolled. Yeah, yeah. I've been getting some great reactions from that. Uh, dumb idea that I committed to just hard enough. Just you hard know, enough. Just like I just walked out of the house and took a photo for Instagram and then back in. It was It was glorious. That sounds like what I did. Yeah. I was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. and I like went to a party, wore the costume for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, it's hot in this wig, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, half my face is melting off. Why should I do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, at, at BizMichael on Twitter, uh, and uh, all the feelings and Oh, the Flesh You Will Eat are available on Amazon, and then, uh, when does this podcast come out? Uh, two weeks, because uh, his will be next, this Thursday, so yours will be next Thursday. Okay, so yes, get those two books on Amazon, they're fantastic. Fuck yeah! yeah. Get it for the theater kid. That Inside str- of all str- of us. Yeah, it was like, re- like still there and awkward and yeah. leaning against your rib cage because yeah. I don't want to go in the party. Or get it for me and maybe I'll show up at your house as just as Gollum. And <laughs> oh yeah, fine. and he, he will do all the I will, monologues. I will do it all, all as the mon- Gollum. Yeah. And the theater tips and the acting exercise It'll for be one. It'll yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> Erwin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, uh, on Instagram at Erwin dot Papa, and then uh, my store NV Papa dot store dot com. Word. Uh, and uh, I feel like everybody knows this, but my website is HeyDaveBaker dot com or theactionhospital dot com. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Fuck Stanley, two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Fuck Stanley. Down for the cause. 
Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> that fuck Stan Lee comment. <laughs> just with the energy, like, way up at the last second. Yeah, like, last second. Just, like, just jacking up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a scholar and a, a gentleman. Oh. Yes. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.